you gon' do, brother? We about to run wild with a style like no other So somebody call bro this clay mother And tell her Richard runs on the men like Ed Lover And Doc Dre, what's got say what they Hang on every word like it's something that the rocks say No JR, but they talking wrestling We bring the noise with the boys so we go and castling So masculine, who's in machismo? Mutton chop shop, Gran Turismo No free throws, snout hoops and heels It's D-Ross retirement, give me the super feels Straight shoot, it's real a pipe bomb, get ready to pull like the rock's right arm. So stay calm, tranquilo. I'll go nitro and give him destino. And we know that you chumps ain't ready for the heartbreak runs and the Cuban Genetti. They drop a heavy tag team it like Teddy. Long go strong with the heat like Eddie. So steady, like when take her off the tight rope. Spaz like Taz with the mic and a tight choke. Dirtiest player in the game with the eye poke. 
you know, and like I've heard this idea before the show that I was like, if you were going to like the show, you were going to like the show. If that makes any sense. Yeah. You know, like going into I mean, it, you and I were probably like a, If you watch Being the Elite, then, you know, like you're you're a fan of the show. Like that's as simple as it was, I think. Yeah, I mean, I can't really argue with you on that. I just don't I don't even I I kind of guess this idea um like going around, you know, is because I don't know, people going into this were like expecting this to be good, right? right. And I, I don't mean like they were demanding that each match were a certain way. Where you know, I think that in our in our heads, both of ours at least, right? We definitely felt that way at times. Um, I think throughout the show, uh, just I I don't know. It, it's hard to describe because I'm trying to be objective, but I'm one of those people who this show appealed to. I mean, Billy Gunn was, you know, in one of the first matches of the night. Uh, SCU, and well, you know, we're going to talk about this. Uh, but it's like every match or every couple of matches had something that for me screamed Richie. Um, I say that because it screamed like young, like 12-year-old me and not like adult me. Um, and I popped for a lot of stuff going on in the show, man. Like little things, big things. Uh, so I, I I think that that's one of the coolest and best parts um, of the show was that not only um, did it kind of represent the future of wrestling, um, they did a great job in paying respects to a lot of the past um, guys or performers or moments or anything. You know, be it Earl Hebner or, uh, you know, Nightmare Team or uh, the guy, you know, like everyone was involved. Um, so I just thought that was really cool. Um, you know, kind of past, present, future, all uh, really well represented here. Yeah, I mean, it's it was just, I, I don't know how you could be someone who, like, didn't enjoy that. If that makes sense. I, I honestly don't know. And, you know, I saw, like, some people just kind of, like, being negative on Twitter or, um, you know, like, uh, making jokes like, oh, Punk or Kevin Steen and Neville. Like, all right, yeah, it, it was a pipe dream for, for any of those guys to, to show up. All right, so y- you can't be mad at none of them showing up. Uh, you got Jericho. You, you got Joey Ryan coming back. but. I don't I don't see um, what any problems were, you know, like we, we have some small things here and there that, you know, like you said, we'll, we'll discuss as we go through. But uh, I, I enjoyed this show wholeheartedly from top to bottom. Yeah, it, it, it's just like kind of mind boggling. Um, and I mean, this is definitely our wheelhouse, you know, so that's definitely something that like I, I guess you got to take into account a little bit. Um I don't even want to take it into account, to be honest with you, but... Well, like, you know, there there was times where, like, um, someone like Janela, uh, like Excalibur or, or Riccoboni would say, like, oh, you know, this maybe this is your first time watching uh, Joey Janela. And, you know, for someone like, for people like us, um, we've seen everyone on this show multiple times. So, you know, we definitely weren't in that category, but... Um, if there was anyone, you know, tuning in and seeing a lot of these guys for the first time, then they got a hell of a show from them. 
Yeah, I, I, there's nobody. I, I don't. I just, I'm, I'm kind of a loss for words here because I'm so excited. Uh, I think we should just get into talking about it because I don't even think I can be objective here. I don't think I can sit here. There are guys that, are, like you said, we've seen in small venues. And when, when I say that, it's not because, like, oh, uh, I feel super cool that I knew them when, before they were big, right? It means, like, I saw them wrestling in, like, you know, a VFW. And it's really cool that they got to wrestle in a 10,000-seat arena. I, I, you know, I mentioned it uh, kind of on Twitter, but, you know, when we saw um, whatever that independent show that we watched um, in Brooklyn, uh, where I first, the first time I saw MJF and like we left and I was like, yo, <laughs> that show was terrible, except for that guy with the scarf. Mm-hmm. And you could just see that MJF was awesome. And now in front of 10,000 people, it was still his show. And you know, again, that's, oh, yeah, cool, cool for me. You knew him when before then. That's not the point. The point is that's wrestling, like where you can see these guys. And now because of this platform, you're getting to see them just blow up. And, you know, that's a cool thing just for wrestling in general. Yeah, I mean, that's that's definitely a huge part of it, you know, Um, and then seeing guys that you just like succeed. um, You know what? Uh, I don't. I just let's just jump into it because I'm uh, I could sit here and kind of uh, just talk, uh, you know, give effusive praise here for probably a minute on end. But I'm going to it's probably just best to do it while we're going to the show, because then I can be very specific about what I'm saying. All right. So zero hour kicked off on WGN. Super excited that this is one of the few times in life that I ever have a channel that wrestling's on. That's not USA. Um, it's. Just so happens that my cable package or the company I'm with never really has, uh, like, you know, Lucha Underground or Impact or, you know, Ring of Honor is not in, like, New York on regular TV. So, like, there's – this was really cool um, just to be able to sit down and, you know, I actually – I can't remember the last time I watched cable TV on my good TV in my living room. Uh, My son was not very happy about it. But I was like, yo, no, this is like the f- first time ever. Uh, I bought that TV. Yeah. I never watch it. I watched the crap one in my room. So here we go. And uh, so just super hyped to, to have it come on there. Uh, you know, just uh, fun little stuff. Like I was sitting there and um, right at the beginning, uh, Stat Wife was there. And she didn't know who was calling the show. And then she heard Ian Riccoboni's voice. And she's like, oh, that's really cool. You know, and, and just like there were moments like that until um, until she eventually fell asleep. Oh, I'm not supposed to talk about that on air. But anyway, uh, that she was, she seemed to really be, uh, be enjoying. Uh, so I think like that it, this not only – I felt like that there was a lot here going on that even if um, you're not like a BTE super fan um, and you just happen to be the long-suffering wife of a guy who is obsessed with professional wrestling, you could sit down and actually enjoy the show uh, and not feel – like she wasn't complaining about it, how long it was when, like, when we watched a WWE show. Yeah, completely agreed. I mean, for you want to say you want to get started and then not get started. Yeah, again? no, no, I know because wanna... well, I started talking about the presentation of Zero Hour. It went on on time. Yeah, it, yeah, everything yeah. was going well. I think like they did a really good job of appealing to people. Uh, when my mother-in-law looks at the screen, and goes, "Are those guys dressed like the like, like Rocky and Apollo?" I'm like. 
Yeah, this is uh, absolutely amazing, fantastic way to connect with an audience member that you didn't even know would be watching this show. Uh, right, and and that's you know that's the the key part of being on WGN is you know people like that or people that would never in a million years know about this or follow this or anything. Maybe they happen to stumble across it, and uh, you know. Hopefully that's the case, and you know that's that's a really cool thing that it was just on cable TV, and um, you know it. A lot of times uh, with WWE pre-shows, it'll feel like a pre-show, or with Ring of Honor, they'll have like a you know women that you never heard of or, or something like that in in the pre-show. Ferrara, you know stuff like that where it feels like a pre-show. This really didn't feel like a pre-show. Clearly, it kind of was. But it really just felt like the first hour of the show was on TV. And, you know, that was a cool thing for the guys wrestling and, you know, for everyone in the arena for being so excited for it. Yeah, I think that's, you know, the, the naysayers will say whatever, but the people in the arena were there to have a good time, to enjoy the show. Right, and they were not taking over the show. They yeah, did not nothing. make themselves the show. They participated in everything that went on. They bought into the face and heel stuff. And, you know, that's what you want uh, from a wrestling crowd like this. Just be respectful of the product, be respectful of the guys in the ring. And I, I think uh, that's got 10,000 of them there tonight. Yep. And uh, the, the first match, Briscoe's versus SCU. I mean, right away they took a match that I normally would have been like, okay, this is going to be a good match, right? But I'm not super hyped about it. And then I'm like, whoa, uh, now it's Apollo and Rocky. I am ridiculously into this. And this would be like a running theme almost for me during the match, during the night. Something would happen during the entrance or something that would suddenly just make me so much more hyped for it than I thought I could be uh, before. Agreed. Uh, just, just really enjoyed it. Super fun, and uh, I thought it was, uh, you know, it was really a, actually a good opener. And like I said, it, it uh, appealed to a wider audience. If you're just randomly watching cops reruns, uh, I think that's what played af before and yeah, after this. So, you know, if you're just really into cops, you just might go, "Hey, look! Like I love cops, and I also love Rocky Three. <laughs> you know, so I'm gonna I watch these I guys. Love cops, I love professional wrestling. I'm exactly. gonna watch this show." Uh, uh, you know, Apollo and Rocky was a nice touch. Uh, SCU looked like they were in great shape. Oh man! Um, and you know, watching the stuff on BT, and Briscoes feel like those kind of guys that you should be scared of. So, um, good match. I, I like the finish. It kind of came out of nowhere a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, that was really cool. Uh, if you didn't see it, he uh, Kazarian caught Mark. Uh, coming out of the Doomsday device, and then Scorpio Sky hitting me on Jay to stop him from breaking up the pinfall, and they got the win. So good way to kick off the pre-show, and you know a nice win for SCU. Yep, uh, we had a you know little uh, hype interview by Kenny Omega. Make sure you guys order the show because I'm gonna have a good match later on. Good stuff. Uh, then we had the over-budget battle royal. The winner earns the title shot. Uh, man, I don't even know. Uh, <laughs> this, I... this really was over budget because, like, look at the names in this match, you know, like Billy Gunn, Brian Cage, Cole Cabana, um, Punishment. Like, there was a lot of, uh, you know, Dreamer. Like, there was a lot of big names uh, in that Battle Royal. So. Bully Ray, Cage. Well, 
uh, Jordan know, Grace, like so, just so many people. Right. And you know, it I, I enjoyed the crap out of that battle royal. It, it was really good. Um, and then it came down to Colt and and Bully. So at first you thought Colt was going to win. Then you got that feeling like, oh, okay, Bully's going to win here. Great. And then you know, mascot comes back and it's Flip. He gets the win. You know, cool moment for him. He's all in. He's booked on the show. Uh, good stuff. Yeah, I mean, I love wrestling because, you know, this can happen, right? <laughs> He's just, uh, tends to be somebody else, and, uh... Right, like, who do they think like, that was? Like, like, I, was I, that I, supposed to be Chico, or I don't know? But then, like, there's a part of me, right? And I guess, you know, you can explain it away that Cody is busy, right? Uh, he's getting ready for his match, and he's focused on that. Uh, and he's helping run the show, obviously, but there's a part of me that's just like, yo, Cody has to know that just happened, and he could just walk out and be like, bullshit, you don't get the title shot. Right, but I guess you promised the Battle Royal winner gets it, so... But he wasn't legally allowed to be in the fucking... Okay. I... Did they okay. say anything about, you know, the, a legal entrant into the Battle Royal gets the title shot? No. They just said the winner of the Battle Royal gets the title shot. He was legally entered, just under another identity. Um, I, it's funny because I actually just watched uh, a cruiserweight battle royal the other day, where uh, I believe it was not Super Calo, uh Ciclope, Ciclope won yeah. won the battle royal because Hoovy just jumped out and it was Dimlenko and then he beat Chris Jericho for the cruiserweight title. So, yeah. Um, you know, good stuff. Uh, I'm fine with it. And good on Ian Riccoboni, by the way. By uh... By later on, we'll you know we'll mention this, but he brought up Ciclope. Um I'm not sure if you were just thinking about Ciclope or if you if like he heard, you heard the reference uh, that Ian he made. won the battle royal. <laughs> that Demolinko. Oh, Demolinko was Ciclope. No, he yeah, took no, up no, the no, mask. no, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I remember that yeah. completely. Um, yeah, I watched it the other day. That's why. I <laughs> oh, that's up. amazing. <laughs> why? Hold on. Why did you randomly watch that? Because it was on like Super Brawl, whatever. Like I just put on that show and it was on, and I was like, "Oh, this is cool." That's and then, amazing. You know, I was like, "Wow, Ciclope won this thing." All right, Dean Malenko, here we go. Yes. Yeah, it was a hot angle, man. All right. Uh, so this was cra- this was this was crazy. Yeah, Gordon Winner was fun. Um, I really enjoyed it. Uh, there were just a lot of fun moments. Uh, I kept getting confused uh, with Austin Gunn and Billy, Billy Gunn. Like super confused. Um, I didn't like. I, I just like. I don't know if I didn't hear something, but suddenly I look up and I'm like, "Yo, what? Are there like twin Billy guns?" Like I'm just mad confused. Like I didn't when they were like the camera shot was from far away. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. I had no idea that was his son. I just saw some guy in Billy Gun's trunks, and I was like, "Oh, well, that's." An interesting choice for this match that Billy Gunn is also in. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Then, you know, obviously later on, he started doing the DX chops and looking a lot like Billy Gunn doing it. And then eventually they said that that was his son. But, yeah, up until, like, the end of the match, I had no idea. Yeah, all right. But it was was really fun. I mean, I I really, I I know um, some of the Battle Royals can be, like, kind of awful. Uh, this one was right. particularly good, I thought. Yeah, agreed. Alright, so we uh, that's the pre-show. Then we 
you know, so I think we got a lot there. It made you kind of want to watch. Now you know that Gordon was going to be all in and get the title shot. So really smart. I mean, for the four people who decided to watch this and then order the pay-per-view. But, you know, I digress. I mean, I'm probably wrong about that. But it just feels... Um, like if you were watching this, you had already you had already ordered the show. Well, right, of course. However, you know, maybe there are some people who stumbled across it and then bought the pay per view. Yeah, you know what? I'd I'd like to if you guys are listening uh, and you nobody who's listening <laughs> okay. to our podcast didn't buy all in. Prove them wrong, guys. Prove them wrong. Send an email to runningwildpodcast at gmail dot com. All two and a half of you. All right. Excellent. Moving along. Uh, first match on the show proper, we had M. Jeff, uh, Maxwell Jacob Friedman, taking on Matt Cross here. Uh, M. Dog. Uh, you know, I thought this would never have been an opener that I would have told you I wanted to see when it was announced. Well, no, it wasn't announced. Uh, we kind of found, right? Like, that wasn't. I don't think that was announced. Before. No, that wasn't announced. It was they were really the only two guys that didn't have a match that were announced, so you could kind of figure out that they were wrestling each other. Yeah. Um but at the same but you know what? This uh was a really good opener. I thought uh I I appreciated, you know, Cross is really good and uh, kind of just agile. Uh I really liked MJF's work on the arm. Uh, there was like a, a specific like s- spin out power bomb or something where he tucked the arm into the into the t- uh, the tights. And it was just doing little things like that, like kind of Arnie Anderson like that. I really like. Uh, and then Cross was selling it. You know, Cross was trying to do his handspring like elbow, and he couldn't plant on it. And then I think it was Callis pointed it out beautifully. He's like, you know, look, he could have planted his arm on that handspring there, and uh, you know, wasn't able to really follow through as much as he can normally because of the injury of the arm. So. I just love stuff like that. Um, it's smart. I think it make, makes right. sense. They got, you know, that, let's just touch on that quickly. They got the three right guys uh, to do commentary because they didn't miss a beat. They called everything. They gave you background. They gave you details on the moves, on the matches, on the guys. So Riccoboni, Excalibur, and, and Callis were all awesome and, and really, really enjoyable on commentary. Yeah, I mean, they really... It's crazy because you you never know what kind of chemistry you're going to have with somebody uh, in that situation. Um, One, I mean, I I can imagine, right, that it's not that easy. But at the same time, I mean, I feel like all of them walked in really prepared and and, and professionals. Uh, Not like when you... uh, you know what? He doesn't listen to this show. Not like when you watch uh, Triple Mania and uh, Vampiro is like talking about how in Mexico they do ladder matches differently and they don't hang things from the top as the camera is showing something hanging from the top of the place um, because that's what's going to be, uh, you know, what, what they're going to be fighting for in the ladder match. So, and that dude like runs that company. So, I, you know, these guy, these three guys were, I thought were a really good choice. Um. Yeah, and I think it really added to the show. So good opener. Uh, Cross gets the win here. He's the veteran. Um, I kind of would have liked to see MJ MJF win here. It would have been nice. Um, but it didn't matter. Yeah, it, no, it didn't. That he, was his match. Yeah. he was the star of that match, and you know, Matt Cross is excellent, like you said, and he does some really cool stuff in there. But, um, 
MJF is the, the glue that kind of made that go. Um, you know, just kind of with getting the crowd heat behind him mm-hmm. and, and all that sort of thing. Um, it makes it easy for the babyface, and Matt Cross plays that role, you know, excellently. So, you know, very good opener. Not, again, not what I expected to open it, not what I would have said would open it, but it got the job done. It was very good, mm-hmm. and, you know, I can't wait uh, to see how this affects MJF's uh, stardom going forward. And then speaking of stars, you had Sean freaking Mooney. Yep, Sean Mooney uh, interviewed Nick Aldis about the match, and they hyped it up. Um, Okay, so you already have the the over-the-budget Battle Royal. Uh, and then I'm, I super, I pop because wait you pop me because of the the Rocky stuff, right? Then the battle royal gets me super excited because of the legends that were that were participating there and the funny stuff that was going on. Then I'm excited because I see M Jeff over here starting the, kicking the show off. I'm super excited to see him. Uh, then now you bring Sean Mooney like now you have Sean Mooney on my TV. Uh, I I just can't even like. I'm already like we're in a, like a little more than an hour in, and I'm just super like it felt like it flew by. Um, I couldn't get enough of it. Yeah, I I completely agree, and you know we touched on that a couple times already. It just every stop of the way, they had something new, something different, something to you know grab that lifelong wrestling fans' uh, attention. You got a Mel versus Daniels, and listen, um, wow. Um, this was, this was a, a serviceable match. I mean, I didn't feel that Amel did anything wrong. No, it like you know sometimes you could just tell like he didn't have like the the power behind his stuff. Mm-hmm. But you know that's to be expected, and for being an actor and not a professional wrestler, um, he did a hell of a job. And you know I mentioned uh, on Twitter again that. You know, being in the ring with Daniels and also having Jerry Lynn as the ref um, were just kind of perfect um, for this match. You know, if if anything, Lynn could help where needed, and obviously Daniels um, could help out with the physical stuff. So it was really well done. They had some very nice, uh, intense spots there. Amel jumping through the table from the top. Amel coast to coast. Yeah, um, man. You know, so he did some good things in there to, to get the crowd hot, and, you know, it, it was really well done. Totally agree. Daniels is, uh, you know, just general. Uh, I'd say, I mean, the only thing I have to say negative about this match is, listen, Jerry Lynn, t- tuck your shirt in, man. You're a referee on yeah. a major show here. What's going on here? It's a All I shirt. know is uh, Jerry Lynn better be on the next episode of uh, Popping Dogs and Talking Hogs because they mentioned him all the time and they were backstage with him at the same show. <laughs> so let's hope so. Now you got you got to remind me because. Uh, uh, I, forgot, I think I forgot my sign in one day, so uh, I got it back. So you gotta tell me. So I need to, if they, if he's on that show, I gotta see it. All right. So next year, Madison Rain versus Chelsea Green versus Britt Baker versus Tessa Blanchard. Uh, you got Daniel Dashwood and, and Manny Leone on commentary. Uh, I think one of the best comments my wife made was, "Where, where do these four wrestle? I, I don't think I've ever seen them, um, except for she knows Blanchard, uh, but." Uh, I thought this like went three minutes too long. 
Uh, I mean, you know, it, it's it's hard to say because the crowd was really into it, and I, I definitely enjoyed that match. But, um, you know, I, I agree with uh, Statlife. You know, these are four women that, you know, Madison Rain has, has been around in TNA and, you know, a little bit of NXT and a couple of ROH matches. But, you know, for the most part, uh, obviously Chelsea Green is TNA, but, you know, for the most part, these women aren't all over the place. And so it's it was cool and refreshing to see, like, you know, uh, there was a part of me that was like, oh, it would have been nice if Emma uh, was on the show. Yeah. But then again, you know, I kind of like uh, these four women getting this chance, getting this opportunity. Um, you know, Britt Baker is uh, obviously close to them with Adam Cole and all that sort of thing. So this was an awesome opportunity for her and you know, all four of them. And they killed it. You, you could tell that they were aware of, of the moment. Um, so, uh, you know, this blew my expectations away because I, I didn't expect much. You know, you never know. Okay. So, um, yeah, this was awesome. I just I just felt like it lagged on a little bit at the end. Um, I don't know if there was like a middle stretch. I'm not sure where we're taking it off from. I, I didn't love the beginning um, in terms of the fact that it was just like, uh, you know, you got two in here. Okay, somebody comes back. Uh, someone's get dumped. Like they just kept that one on one and two people outside going for a little longer than I like because I'm getting a little picky here. Because I thought this match was gonna be really good, so I just wanted a little more from it. And I feel like if they would have shortened the time, would have tightened it up. Um, but overall, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought they uh, put on a good show. And like I said, my only complaint was I just thought it was a little too long. And that's like. I'm not saying cut three minutes out of like, if you haven't seen the show, a five minute match. I'm this felt like it was easily fifteen minutes. Oh uh, yeah, at least. Right. But, so you know, I, I would, I just have to disagree because the crowd was chanting, "This is awesome!" for the first time of the night. They got a standing ovation. Uh, you know, I I I respectfully disagree with your uh, time constraint. All right, as long as it's uh, respectful, then I'll, I'll allow it, and I won't erase it from the show when I uh, publish it. All right, uh, <laughs> I don't really do that. Uh, no, never. All right, uh, so moving on. Then uh, I thought this was super surprised this happened so early in the, in the night, but we had Cody Rhodes versus Nick Aldis for the NWA World Championship. Uh, wow, I mean. You know, I just... Did you see the 10 pounds of gold? Yes. Okay. So, I'm not going to lie here, wrestling fans. Uh, that 10 pounds of gold uh, where, you know, basically Cody just pours his heart out. I felt... Uh, I don't care if I'm being worked, man. I mean... Woof. I was like... Oh, man. I, like After I watched that, I... I I mean, I wanted Cody to win beforehand, but now I was like, "Oh man!" But like, he has to win for himself. Like, I I was just super behind him, uh, super confused when like there was that whole like, what do you think? What was the meaning of that that part of the match where Hebner seemed to call it off because he couldn't continue? I wasn't. I, I don't. I don't know. Um, I, I, I honestly like. I, I don't know uh, what to say. Like it, it. 
it just was what it was. Like it, it didn't make complete sense, but you know, it, it brought out DDP. We got the diamond cutter. We got all that. So I don't know. By the way, uh, we talk about it. We spoke about it uh, off air, but going into this match, listen, your entourage, uh, Nick Aldis, just really not up to snuff uh, against Cody's entourage. <laughs> but uh, even Cody's entourage wasn't that great. Who are you to doubt Glacier, bro? Yeah. Who are you to doubt DDP? Yo, who better if you almost get knocked out in a fight for the most important thing in your life? Who better than DDP to come out and encourage your ass to get back up? Yeah. Do that downward dog and get up. Yo, I was super hyped. Is that a yoga chant? Um, you know, that was <laughs> that was entertaining. But um, you know, for for a second, it, it felt like that moment. You know, even though I knew, you know, him throwing up the X was just like bullshit. It, it still it, it sucked the energy out of the crowd for like a, a minute. Um, and then you know, obviously Cody and Aldis brought them back. But hell of a match. Um, as soon as Cody was bleeding, it was just like, oh man, like this is. Vintage Dusty winning the NWA title, bloody mess, yeah. all in the blonde hair. Um, you know, so seeing him win that at his show um, was just kind of like a surreal feeling and moment. Uh, you know, you know what that meant to him. Uh, so just really, really cool. And it's not because he like, you know, he booked the show, but that title is not under his control. You know, so... Him winning wasn't because like he said I'm gonna I'm gonna have a show and I'm gonna win, like obviously you know Billy Corgan other people have to be involved in this decision being made, so that's why it also felt like so much more important. Uh, I loved it. Uh, I think my favorite moment of the match might have been when he comes up bleeding and my wife goes, "Wait a minute, how is he bleeding? He wasn't bleeding a second ago," and I looked at her like, "Do you not watch wrestling with me?" But anyway, uh, yeah, uh, they couldn't have at least had, by the way, Jerry to come out and, and and be the guy who faces off against the DP. Like, is Triple A like, no, you can't do that. He's our former mega champion. We're going to send out Sean Davari. Yeah. I... Like, if it was somebody else, I feel like it would have so... felt bigger. Maybe just, I'll, I'll just, just doesn't, you know. Inspire that loyalty from Jared. I mean, yeah, I, I don't know <laughs> what to say. It was an interesting choice, but, uh, you know, it was what it was. All right, uh, moving on. So uh, this is, you know, you, you come up that that really emotional match where I'm – I'm a super behind Cody the entire time, and uh, by the way, I don't think I mentioned, but I really loved uh, the sunset flip to win, the unexpected kind of finish. Uh, right. Just, wow. I mean, just that's such a throwback too that I, that I love it. I think that needs to happen more, uh, a little bit more on shows. Now you get Flip Gordon versus Jay Lethal, and on the way to the ring, I mean, okay. So this is the only part that confused me, right? Like. The genius, Lanny Bravo and Jay Lethal have, like, you know, friendship. Uh, you've seen it on, on Being the Elite uh, that Bravo just showed up to his house. I found his address and had his shirt size. I gave him a shirt. Uh, so, you know, whatever. That was funny. So as Lethal's walking 
to the ring before he gets, you know, past the dressing rooms, I guess, the dressing room area. Poffo, some uh, a hand extends Macho Man glasses, and he's not in that. He's not in that at all. And uh, the, then he looks at him, and then the hand slaps him on that shoulder. It seems to trigger his Macho Man side, block machismo, whatever you want to call it. Uh, so the next thing after Gordon's entrance, it's him and with Poffo in tow, and it's clear that it was Poffo who stopped him in the hallway. So. <laughs> It was just weird because I didn't I didn't anticipate that that uh you know Pavo's like Pavo's and it comes into play later right but that Pavo's kind of uh, toying with Lethal a little bit here uh, so yeah Lethal comes in he does the whole Macho Man everything uh, the entrance uh, he pulls Brandy over uh, and puts him puts her in his corner as if she were Miss Elizabeth and there's a spot later where he picked her up in his shoulders um, I really like that stuff. Uh, there was a a point where she hit him after that, and then Lethal goes back to being Lethal, and then just before he's going to hit the Lethal Injection, Poffo hits him, and then he goes back to Macho, hits three elbows, a la WrestleMania five, and just like that, Jerk Hulk Hogan kicked out after three goddamn finishers. Now you have Flip Gordon doing the same, hulking up, uh, but I, I gotta admit I I'm really sorry. liked I, it. He, he... I, I have to say this. Uh, I threw it out on Twitter. Don't think he got the love it deserved. He didn't hulk up. He flipped out. <laughs> all right, all right. That, 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 that doesn't make a lot of sense. Yo, that they should do that. He should start flipping out. Oh no, Hulk's. I mean, Flip's flipping out. Hmm? Gordon's I mean, flipping out. That's perfect. That's, all right, well, that's clearly going to happen. Uh, we don't even want royalties for that. We just want to hear it on TV. I think it's great. I mean, I'll take royalties, but, you know, that's beside the point. Um, yeah, I mean, this this was what it was. Um, it, it wasn't the greatest. Um, but, you know, Lethal was fun. And, it, you know, like I said, um, Black Machismo, it doesn't have the same effect as if he was talking, um, you know, not wrestling as Macho Man, uh, I think that makes a big difference. But, you know, it, it was still enjoyable. I mean, even there was a part where after he got turned back to Lethal and then back to Savage, uh, he says, he's like, well, yeah, like he just, just did something. Yeah. Uh, where Rick Bonnie goes, like, listen, even like, listen, even his voice is changing, you know, and uh, I just, I particularly, look, like I said, it, it seemed like every little bit there was something that particularly, I mean, you can't get me happier than Macho Man cosplay, um, you know, and, and kind of uh, a callback to Hogan, Macho, WrestleMania Five. that's my childhood, so Lenny Pofo's at ringside, I mean, again, like, for me, this was much, I, mean, I can see why people may not think it's the greatest, I was smiling ear to ear. Right, it was definitely enjoyable. It just wasn't like that wrestling spectacle that that oh, you yeah, know people know. people might expect. And you know, I wasn't the biggest fan of like the 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 neck chops during the match. Like, all right, so then why doesn't it happen every time he falls? Like, I, I don't know. Uh, you know, what I it's mean? a very like, specific getting, area. Yeah, but he's getting hit in the shoulder a lot. Uh, I, I don't know. Um, so whatever. Um, I, I enjoyed that whole being the elite thing. So I'm not gonna hate on it. Um, here, I just 
eh, I didn't need it during the match. Um, but, you know, it is what it is, so it made sense uh, how they told that story. Uh, I don't know if Flip is the guy that I would have, you know, in that Hogan role. Um, so that oh, was okay. like, uh, whatever. But, you know, it was cool to see him on the card. And, you know, I wish we would have got some type of uh, interaction, like you were saying before, with Cody and the Bucks or something. Um, but I'm sure we'll we'll get that on being the elite later on. Yeah, there has there's I think there's gonna be something. All right, so now we uh, head into Kenny Omega versus Pentile Zero. Also, Emma. just a, a live update here right now. Oh, um, Chris Jericho is flying to Kansas City to for his Foggy concert right now. Like it's <laughs> it's like it's gonna happen. So that's just pure insanity. <sighs> He's such a rock star. Um, I totally missed uh, the the post match though. Uh, so basically, Bully Ray comes down and he start he attacks both of them. And as he's setting up a table, Cole Cabana runs down, shield power bomb through the table, <laughs> which uh, the crowd did uh, sound for. But yeah. Roman Reigns isn't over. Uh, <laughs> then they uh, they kind of like leered at him and then they left. So I just want to say. It's kind of ironic that at all these WWE shows, you get the two sweet and all of these Bullet Club shirts and all of that. And, you know, everyone makes such a big deal, like Bullet Club is bigger than this and blah, blah. Yet, at their show, 10,000 people basically cheer for Roman Reigns. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so that's kind of ironic and pretty hilarious. Uh, yeah, so, I mean... At first, when I saw Bill Ray coming out, I was like, oh, come on. Like, I mean, because, you know, he already had played the major spoiler role during the Battle Royal. I mean, it, we didn't mention this earlier, but it seemed like every time there was something fun going on, he was like, nope. And he would throw that person right. out, you know. That was the correct thing that Bully Ray should do. Yeah, no, that was good. Um, but I, I didn't think we'd see more of him in the night. So, uh, But then it did give, as, as you had said, uh, gave Cabana a chance to have that hometown moment uh, during the, the show proper. And, you know, what? the other thing that I kind of enjoyed um, during the Battle Royal and this match was, like, the continuation of the ROH storyline, um, you know, between all those guys. Uh, I'm not sure if, like, this is it, like, that it kind of played out um, before we'll see more of it in Ring of Honor, but... Um, I enjoyed seeing that, and I kind of got that vibe from Cabana on his way to the back um, when he went to Riccoboni, and he was just like, oh, yeah, it's nice to have it somewhere. Uh, like, you know, kind of just like, oh, yeah, hey, Riccoboni, you could have done this two months ago, you idiots. But, you know, uh, I, I enjoyed that, and I'm happy to see Cabana get his moment. Um, you know, he's he's been going through a lot lately, so uh, to get that reaction in front of his hometown, yeah. have a moment like that, I, I'm sure it felt great, and um Honestly, not sure there's uh, anyone better in professional wrestling that that could happen to, you know? Yeah, no. Uh, bully bully, uh, bully for him, uh, using interesting words. All right. Uh, forging forward, so we got Omega Okada. No, I'm sorry. I'm talking about o um, Omega Penta Zero M. Man, uh, Penta was really over. I thought. Uh, Why do you say that? Like, like you're I th surprised. I thought he got a really big because I because wasn't. You only watch him and see him at well. Where I mean, he's in lucha too, but I didn't. I didn't know that. It felt like the the entire place kind of 
really erupted for him, and I I didn't expect such a large reaction. Oh well, yeah, I don't know. Um, PWG, all, all that sort of stuff. Uh, you know, that's that's just the reaction he gets. Uh, that guy is awesome, and uh, I don't know, like he's curved that reaction in me. So, you know, more than happy to uh, see it there. Omega got a crazy pop as well. Um, this match was phenomenal. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed it. It was very competitive. Pentagon, there were a couple moments where I was like, holy shit, like Pentagon is going to win. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they did a great job. Uh, I hated every single one of the package pile drivers. Um, yeah. I really don't want to see anybody break a neck. And they were extremely close. That one on the apron, like you literally heard the thud. And poof, man, I don't need to see three of them in one match, let alone one. Uh, so, you know, that was a little just like, oh my god, please, like end this match before somebody. So Omega eventually got the win. Awesome, awesome match. Exactly what you expected from these two. Yeah, I mean. They they really they really gave everything. I mean, you know, they considering you've got one is the you know where they they have their eggs in so many baskets, or they they're just so important to to other places they wrestle, and uh, they came out here and uh, kind of tried to kill themselves out there, and I respect and appreciate them for it. And then uh, and then we get we get a pay moment. Uh, here as after the match, the lights go off. Uh, another one that I said before somebody that I saw famous retweeted, uh, Penta LY2J. Wow. <laughs> I mean, it was great because you didn't even get that anything was happening at, at first, right? Like the lights well, go back I mean, on. You knew, like, the minute the lights went back on, you knew that's that it wasn't Penta? Like, immediately? You, okay, I didn't know it wasn't Penta, but I knew something was going on. Like, the lights just didn't go out. Oh, they did no, a good no, job no, 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 Of se- trying to yeah. sell that. But, yeah, it was like um, Sam Punk and Jeff Hardy, right? When Sam Punk beat Jeff Hardy and TLC, whatever, lights go out, lights come back on, and Undertaker's laying there. You don't even really pay attention. Uh, this was a whole other level because he was wearing all of Penta's gear and all that. And at first, you know, he stood up and it's like, oh, okay. And then you see like the tattoos and you can tell like, holy shit, it's Jericho. And man, what a moment because now this is truly somebody that WWE, whatever the case, like, you know, he probably won't show up. Um, But here we are. Uh, He showed up. It was absolutely epic. And, you know, I think Chris Jericho is a testament, you know, if you listen to the, the podcast that he just had with the Bucks and, and Kenny, he talked about it. Like, he's just having so much fun, and there's so much for him to do um, in wrestling outside of WWE. And, you know, seeing something like this show um, just kind of makes you think, like, yeah, I mean, life is better outside of WWE. Why would any of these guys ever go there? Um, and we, we can get to it in a second, but Cody after the show um, cut a promo saying like, you know, people want us to all go somewhere, but wherever one of us goes, all of us go and there's no need to go anywhere right now. We we're starting our own stuff. We are pro wrestling, all that stuff. So, 
you know, hopefully this isn't the last little win and we get a couple more because this was absolutely awesome and, you know, I, I would love to see more. Yeah, I mean, just quickly, I would, you know, it's tough because I, I don't see, I want to say it's lightning in a bottle, but I don't know how many times you can... Like, are New Japan and ROH going to be cool with their talent being in other places like this again? Like, it was this, like, we'll do this one time? How many Ring of Honor talents were on the show? Punishment, Lethal? Punishment, Lethal, Cabana. Yeah, but Cabana wrestles everywhere already. Cody. But the Bucks and Cody have non-exclusive stuff with them. Okada was the only New Japan guy. So, you know, right. I, I get what you're saying. However, there was, you know, there was no ROH logo on the show. There was no New no, Japan yeah. logo on the show. So I, I get what you're saying, but I don't know. Um, I, I think this is good for them. This is good for wrestling. I, I don't know that they would uh, deny these guys stuff like that. True. All right. Uh, so then you got Squirrel versus Okada. I thought this was, you know... <coughs> I think we had kind of talked about either being a squash or that uh, Marty would have a chance to be made here. Uh, they definitely gave him the time. I actually almost felt, and maybe because you know I was watching the clock well, too. We, we skipped. What did I, uh, skip? I believe we skipped uh, Paige and Janella. Or was that after this? Oh, you are correct. I somehow um, skipped that. Well, I mean. Absolutely, absolutely epic match from those two. Um, probably, they probably stole the show. Um, you know, it, it was their night. But the atrociousness that followed afterwards just was really, I, I didn't make, I, I get it. I get the whole storyline of being the elite. I didn't need 10 inflatable dicks out there. Um, I just kind of like, what the fuck is this? This is not funny. This is not good. Like, oh man. So that was the only thing on the show where I was just like all out. Uh, There was no part of me that enjoyed any of that. And it has nothing to do with anything. It was just, uh, felt like a waste, felt like a stretch, felt like too much. They just killed it. And then... You know, you, you have that parade, which kind of took away from that match in that moment. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm I mean, fine with Joey Ryan coming back, but I didn't need that whole, uh, you know, thing. The uh, the the Prudrids, the dru- the penis druids. Sure, the parade of peni. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know. I mean, I was sitting there like, what the hell is going on? Uh, I don't, there's a part of, well, I guess they couldn't have said it was going to be Ryan versus, yeah, okay, I mean, I'm sorry, I'm just thinking in my head, like, if you announce that it's Ryan versus Paige, you've got to build that somewhere, so. You could have had, like, an open challenge, but look at the video package before the match, it was Joey Ryan, it had nothing to do with Joey Janela, so, like, you know, they, they, tried to sell it as like oh he just wants to kill all joeys and hopefully there's no baby kangaroos and stuff in here. that was amazing right so some of that stuff was was entertaining and that match was absolutely amazing but you know the afterwards stuff just kind of took away from that match to me um 
And, uh, you know, I would have been fine with Joey Ryan coming back, getting his revenge. That makes perfect sense. But I didn't need that, and that's five minutes that could have went to the main event that they got cheated out of. So, you know, that that's my real holdup. All right, fair. I, um... But I think that was always... I, under, I understand, like... I understand what you're saying about it. That time could have been better spent on the main event. You know, that was always going to be there, you know? Um, it probably it could have to be... It was always going to be there, right. Maybe the, I don't think it was supposed to be that long. I mean, the, pe- the penis druids could have maybe walked a little faster, or Joey oiled himself a little less, you know? I mean... I, right. Uh, you know, there was a couple things where you shave a minute, two, two minutes here and there. Um, you add to that main event. And you can tell just with the entrances in the main event that they were being rushed. You know, two teams just got introduced all together. Um, and then everyone was just running through everything. Um, so, yeah, you know, it just it just sucks because you, this is the Buck show. Um, you know, all six of these guys are going on last. And they're getting cheated out of having a real uh, showcase because uh, of, of the time constraints. So, you know, that was just a little frustrating. But, uh, yeah, we'll get to that match in a, in a second. Uh, yep, so, alright, so... Mario Okada. Mario Okada, I mean... I... Okay, so, going into this, I thought it was going to be a crazy squash match, or they were going to give Marty some time to shine. They gave Marty time to shine. Um, I don't know if I felt this was too long because I started to grow worried about the main event. Right, because it... Uh, and I won't lie, I don't watch tons of Okada matches, but I, I didn't get that he that he, um, that he always hits like. I mean, does he always hit like four or five rainmakers a match? I mean, not always, but in in a big match, yes. Yeah, I mean, it's, it just makes me feel like it's, it's like one out of nowhere that you know he can't really capitalize. Then it's like one where the guy's by the ropes or something like that, you know. So they do a good job of, of telling that. And I thought they did the same thing here. Um, Marty looked awesome. He looked like he could hang with the heavyweights. And, you know, they had some fun spots throughout, but it was more of a serious match. And that's what Marty told you going in. Um, and that's what we got. Um, I definitely enjoyed it. And, you know, um, I'm glad it took two Rainmakers, uh, you know, kind of just like out of spite. Because Marty spit at him, yeah. You know? So, um, Okada is just great. Marty was awesome here, and you know, I look forward to seeing more things like this uh, from Marty. Yeah, um, I liked that at the beginning. He wanted to be a heavyweight, and then he would—he was trying to like you know suplex Okada, and and just uh, you know couldn't do it because he's just not uh, not as powerful. Uh, and then eventually, you know, being able to hit a brainbuster, just uh, and he kind of switches tactics and. Kind of went to more of a his style instead of trying to throw Okada around, and uh, there was a lot, there was a lot of good here. I, like I said, I felt like it could have been a little shorter, just because I'm thinking you're gonna have six crazy high flying maniacs coming out next, and I want to see them do insane stuff. And you know that there was stuff that they cut because this match. I think this match went a little long. See, I don't. I disagree with you on that. I don't think this match went long. I think this match went uh, as it was time supposed to be. I didn't feel like anything here um, dragged on or they did anything extra. Um, I just think, you know, maybe they timed the show out perfectly. And when you do that and things go 30 seconds over or a minute over, then 
you know, you end up with what we ended up in the main event. Um, so uh, I don't know. I didn't look at this match uh, at all, really, as being too long. Uh, I enjoyed every second of it. But, you know, uh, it, I, I don't know. Uh, like you said earlier, I don't know really where you're cutting time from to get it back for the main event other than the penis parade. But, um, you know, uh, it, it is what it is. All right. Let, let, let's just be, just because of the way you framed it, uh, I want to be clear. I do not think that they should have kept more time in the, the penis druid segment uh, and taken it away from from this match. I just, as I'm watching the time tick by here, because now we're closer to the end, I said, oh man, I really wish they can, like, I kind of saw where it was going, and I would just, I could have, like, if they would have cut a couple minutes off so that the main event had more time, I would have been a little happier. I see what sure, you're saying. Right. I see what you're saying. Like the structure of the show, but like my thing is like you guys are getting there. It's like I want to be like someone's like, "Yo, guys, look at the clock. Come on, we gotta get out of here. Like Okada, win this match." Because yeah, once once I it mean, got longer, I, I knew Okada was gonna win. I get you, and, and but now think about Triple H being in the back and telling the match before him, like, "All right, you guys got to cut it three minutes short so that we have an extra three minutes." Uh, that's not the greatest look um, in the world. So uh, once you're out there, I don't think there's anything you can do. I think they did the best thing that they could do and just kind of squeeze 7,000 moves into five minutes. And, you know, that match was still fun. It was still entertaining as hell. I just hope at some point, somewhere, we get to see that match again. Understood. All right, and then uh, we uh, we just have the main event here. Um, so, as I, we I may have talked about on the show, there was a time in WWE where I was sour on Rey Mysterio. Um, I wasn't his number one supporter. Uh, See, I like that you say a time in WWE, but not like it was his entire time there. No, no, because when he got to WWE, I was super hyped about him. Um, I just never liked him winning. Listen, once he won the title... Right. When did he win the title? In 2004? Two, two years after he got there? It was just because it was tied to the Eddie thing, man. I just couldn't... Right. I completely you know? agree. So, like, that, that soured me. Then Lucha Underground Season 2 um, suddenly made me love Rey Mysterio all over again. Like, it was, <laughs> 1990, like it was 1996, or, and I was watching Nitro, or 97. Yeah. And then um, tonight... This magic, magic man, um, it, it's almost like he was thinking, yo, you know, Rich, uh, this is guy, Rich Ciccone, who uh, I just want to, I, I just want him to get real excited about something. And I, I mean, I've shown you, I ordered a Wolverine Lucha mask because I want to go to Comic-Con this year um, as a Lucha variant of Wolverine. So I had the mask. Uh, you know, I'm kind of piecing together a costume. Super excited about this. And this dude, this absolute legend, comes out in a Wolverine, in Wolverine gear. I mean, it's not even Wolverine inspired. It's Wolverine gear. Um, My hype level, it, you know, you know, you've seen me. And by you, I mean runs, not the audience, fall asleep during the, be- like, 
great matches all the time. Um, <coughs> I was super wide awake and super pumped when this just when he came out. And, you know, it's it makes it even better for me because I know how vehemently you hated Rey Mysterio and like when your son now shares a birthday with him, it was like oh. one of the greatest moments of of joy that I had. Um, because even then, Mike, you were just like, oh, F that guy. So, um, you know, now, now to see that you're going to go to Comic-Con dressed as Rey Mysterio um, just kind of just puts it all, you know, uh, sums it all up perfectly. I won't lie to you, though. And can you can you please attest to every uh, the two people that listen to the show that I legitimately have the mask and was planning on doing something like this before Rey Mysterio came out? Come on. I, I, I do not recall. Okay. I mean, we all know this is a lie. This is terrible. Um, I wish I would have your support in this moment. But, uh, yeah, it. I won't lie. It was super cool. But then there's a part of me that went, oh, man, now if I do it, people are going to be like, oh, yeah, you're Mysterio. And I'm like, no, dude. Like, I thought of this before Mysterio did it. But yeah, no one's going to believe you know, me. He, Mysterio does pull those out of his hat every now and then, the Joker or... Um, damn, he was somebody like the Riddler. He was somebody like uh, at a recent show that he was just at. I, I can't remember Spider Man, all that stuff. So um, he pulls him out. Wolverine was pretty cool, and uh, you know, so like you said, it, it fit into your wheelhouse there, and just kind of uh, made everything even better for you. And you don't even understand that Wolverine is literally right now in the comics. Right now, like they're releasing the Return of Wolverine in like a week or two. Like he's finally back so this dude just like I kind of love it even more that he pays attention to comics like he's like oh this dude's hot now he's coming back I'm I'm back yeah maybe I'm probably overthinking it because now I uh, I love it so much but the match was really great Uh, I can't even I mean it just sucks because you could see right from the very beginning how quick they were moving. And you just knew, like you said, you, you felt it from the last match. You just knew about the time constraints. And you even heard uh, Paul Turner or Soul Paul Turner a couple times, like, yelling at him, like, all right, couple this, and then we got to go home do this. And, like, now, now, now. So, it again, it just sucks that that had to happen. But it was still super enjoyable. It was still cool to see all those matchups. Um, in that ring, Abushi and Ray, uh, particularly, even got a holy shit chant just when they were standing in the ring with each other. So, you know, just something that would have been really, really cool to see a couple more minutes of. But for what they had, they absolutely killed it. Yeah, man, uh, just booyaka, booyaka. Just, uh, and, I thought he was in a way, by the way. Nah, but now when close. it became when it was the main. Um, when I because I don't think we knew this before tonight, but well, you assumed it was the NWA. Yeah, I I knew that it wasn't. Okay, but uh, remember, like we we talked about the whole co-main event and that whole mega promo and all that stuff. But you know, the Bucks ending the show and sending it home and you know giving all that speech and all that stuff just uh, makes sense. But um, you know, even even with it being the main event, they still teased it a little bit that uh, the Luchos were going to get the win. And, you know, it came close. Um, 
eventually we got the Meltzer driver and, and everyone going home happy. But um, just just a, a cool match, cool moment, awesome show. Um, hopefully there's another one. But, you know, it just gives you those, um, like those ECW vibes a, a little bit, right? Like where they immediately went off the air and, and the circuit blew. Um, you know, like they cut it that close. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's a learning experience for guys booking a show and timing it out for the first time ever. Um, but uh, they made the best of it, and the show absolutely killed it. I'm sure it exceeded their expectations in almost every way possible. Um, so I couldn't be happier for them, couldn't be happier for just us as wrestling fans and, you know, where we're going forward after all of this. Yeah, I don't, and you know, so like coming out of this, you, there's going to be, uh, there's actually going to be an NWA show right. in October, so Cody's going to have to defend there. I wonder if it's going to be, uh, I'm sure it'll be Aldis, right? I don't know. Did Aldis, did the history teacher get a rematch? I mean, I honestly couldn't tell you what happened in the NWA before. Okay. Um, this. Well, alright. So, yeah, I mean, I, you, I guess you would see it being a rematch, but then... I don't know. It's. I mean, considering the guy walked out with Albus tonight, I'm sure they're pretty cool. So, um, you know, Cody will, will give Albus a shot. You know, he gets his rematch. Mm-hmm. And then it'll be kind of cool to see if he holds on to the title for a little bit. I think... He wants to, and I think he kind of wants that that schedule a little bit and travel around as the NWA champion. Um, it'll be interesting to see how that's handled in Ring of Honor going forward. Yeah, or, you know if there's any type of relationship there um, or not, because clearly Cody is a huge part of their show. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, all that stuff will be really interesting. It's one of those things like the show ended, and I was like, oh man, like, now what? Like, you know, yeah. this is over. Like, this is this is something that I think the entire indie wrestling fan base has been looking, for, looking forward to since it was announced, right? So now it's just going to be fun to see what they do next and, you know, really how much they take the success and, and run with it. I think I'm a spoiled WWE guy, and I'm going to say here that I'm kind of sad that we don't get to watch uh... – the Monday Night Raw equivalent after right. after you know Mania uh, tomorrow. Well, 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 being the elite we should exactly. I want to like text Nick get a being the elite and and that uh, is a kind of a version of, of our Raw. But yeah, I mean you know there's uh, there's a Coke Vanna podcast tomorrow on Fight and a couple other things just to kind of wrap up the weekend. So uh, it'll be really interesting to follow along on Twitter and that kind of stuff or Fight in general just to see. Um, you know, what's said about it, what they have to say, how they feel. Um, so I really can't wait uh, for all that kind of stuff to come out. And uh, we didn't mention it earlier, but uh, the Cracker Barrel being there in the corner. Um, oh, man. <laughs> that was absurd. And, and you know, people can't even say, like, oh, man, what, shame, what a shameless plug. Like, these dudes tweet up in front of the Cracker Barrel all the time. Like and they did it just for the hell of it, you know. Like so now that it's become a thing, it's great. 
That Donkey Kong spot was oh unbelievable. God, man. Unbelievable. <laughs> See, and and that's that's what the show was all about. Like they gave you some of the best wrestling matches you'll see, some of the, the craziest one-on-one just pairings that you're ever going to see. And then you got all of that comedy and, and that fun stuff. Um, then you got the stuff just for the hardcore fans, like Sean Mooney or some of the stuff like that. So this show, uh, honestly, I'm not sure it could have been better other than, you know, just the timing-wise. And that's something that, you know, it is what it is, and we'll all get over that soon enough but man what a show top to bottom absolutely amazing if you didn't please go out of your way find this buy it support it watch it and just continue to support these guys and and all they do yeah no a hundred percent i mean i think the show was a just huge success um if you haven't seen it uh, i hope that uh, our talk here got you a little hyped for it uh, just I mean, I can't say enough good about this show, and uh, it's uh, 2018, and it's fun to be a wrestling fan. So uh, I don't think I can't remember the last time you and I uh, finished the show and kind of felt top to bottom, almost like exactly the same about everything. Yeah, and you know, um, there's always negative people out there and people who are just going to complain to hear themselves complain, but. Uh, I really, you know, penis penis parade aside, I, I have absolutely nothing bad to say about this show. It was flat out amazing, everything we wanted it to be and more. And, you know, just kudos, kudos to everyone involved for making it happen. You know, the whole StarCast weekend has been fun. And, you know, hopefully uh, if they're in another one, we'll, we'll be in attendance or something of that nature. So, you know, just... Again, can't wait to see where all this takes us. Yeah, totally, uh, totally agree. Uh, so let's um, let's just make sure we uh, get our plugs in. Uh, we're brought to you in partnership here with pwponderings.com, rohworld.com, and last we're on prowrestling.com. We're featured in the Wrestling to Next Network. You can follow uh, our podcast on Twitter over at Running Wild LWOS. Follow us on Facebook at Running Wild on Wrestling. And you can follow me on Twitter at Rich underscore L-A-C-O-N-I. You can follow my Ring of Honor coverage there. Uh, thanks for joining us. And I just want to remind you guys before we get out of here that this is the podcast that is just too sweet. For Rich N. Runs, this is the host of Ring of Honor Wrestling, Ian Riccoboni, signing off. Be sure to join them next week for another episode of the Running Wild Podcast.